Okay, let's go and finish listening to Like It Is Public Affairs Television Program, WABC-TV, New York, Gil Noble, interviewing Earl Grant and Robert Haggins. Mm, I think this was um, many decades ago. <laughs> it was after Malcolm was killed. So this is probably in the late 80s the late 1980s or 1990s and if you missed the beginning it's on the previous episode
kicking him and knocking him because they finally knocked him down and they just they were kicking him all in the face, the chest, and everything. And as I remember him, he looked like a zombie. His eyes were bulging, like he was either high on something or he'd been hypnotized. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he, he just looked like a zombie. And he never let out a sound. And they were about to kick his chest in, and there was no outcry of pain or anything. He looked like a robot. What did you do? Well, after this mob kind of got out of the doorway, that those big double doorways, I got into the room, into the main auditorium, and people were everywhere. Some were laying on the, on the ground, on the floor. A couple of them were shot. And I went past them, got up to the, uh, up to the stage, and Mark was laying on his back, and uh, Brother Lukeman was with him, and, and uh, some other people, and they were opening up his chest, and I saw all those holes.
As a matter of fact, from the time his house was bombed until we buried him, I never got a full night's sleep. Until after that was all over. And then uh, we had to uh, keep the organization going as best as we could. Wait a minute, things were hype now. Certainly. So what happened? Uh, Did you stay in town? Uh, no. I had some place to go and stay. You always have some place to go. You should plan ahead anything you do. Have a contingency plan. So you did leave town? No, I didn't leave town. I was right here in New York City. I just had some place to be. I was... But didn't you ultimately go? Yeah. Uh, before that, tonight, say when he was shot that Sunday, Sunday night, you would never guess where I stayed. I stayed on Sutton Place. That's where I was. And that expensive bed, the chair in there cost $400. That's where I was. And then after that, somebody met me at the uh, Apollo Theater the night they had the fundraiser there. All the Posse and Sammy Davis came up that night, Sammy Davis Jr., and told me I should, that they had gotten word that I should take a vacation. And three days later, I was in Ghana. so pure and kept us and a lot of other people that way 
we probably could have kept him long. We could have kept him alive longer, maybe not forever. We could have done it. But we were never allowed to touch anybody, unless in defense. Other than that. And these other people I told you about that offered to assist him, we were not, not permitted. He was really a holy man. He was too clean to be kept alive in this country. Couldn't do it. How do you feel, Bob? I think El has echoed my sentiments. I think that uh, the reason why I decided to come here now is because uh, it's time. You see, young black people out there are looking for leadership. They're looking for motivation, some kind of inspiration. And it's up to us to provide that for them, to let them know that uh, <clears throat> the only solution to the black problem is not to force yourself on somebody else, to stop begging and knocking at the door and chasing white people all over the globe. It's time to stop and reassess your own values as a human being and to, to set proper goals, to learn organization, to learn research techniques, to, to look at organizations, to organize to solve your own problems. Is there some way in which in understanding his life and death, it'll be of help to us today? Uh, but they have to understand, well, Americans, uh, uh, people in this country in general, uh, are known for not knowing very much about the past. But they have to understand, especially this young generation, that a lot of these people with their MBAs and their sports cars and their, their uh, corporate vice presidencies, they have to know that they're not there just because of the way they wear their clothes or the way they part their hair. Somebody paved the way for them to get there, and that they owe some debts, and that they have a responsibility to history to do something else other than just check cashers every week. They have a role to play. They have a people to serve. And until they, and unless they do that, as George Santayana said, people who don't understand the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. And uh, there were a group of people in Europe a few years ago who thought they were just other Germans. They thought they were super Germans. Unfortunately for them, that wasn't so. And you've got a lot of people, a lot of our younger people coming out of these schools and going into these corporations. They think they're just another corporate figure. Well, that's not so. No way. That's not so. They're only there because somebody paved the way and, and like those kids down in off that church that was blown up it was like preachers down there would try and get people to register to vote that would kill Dr. King all this younger generation need to have it burned into their brain how they got where they are and that the road was not it was not easy and that they are not in heaven that's one of their main problems they think they're in heaven now but they're not they're still here they got a long ways to go, and if you, there's this book entitled The Choice. There's an article in there where he talks about a study in 1970 by the U.S. Navy, what would be the attitude of white people in this country 
if black folks were beginning to be systematically suppressed like the, the uh, Jews in Germany. And the study pointed out that most white people wouldn't care. I mean, that's a horrifying thought for me. I mean, really, really disturbing that anybody would even think to, to conduct a study like that in this country is scary. But that was the, the conclusion of it. If they started rounding up black folks and start making them disappear from the city, most people wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. That's what the study said, that they wouldn't care. Do you anticipate running into anybody close to this caliber man in the rest of your life? On no. This it only happens once in a while. Like we had a Toussaint down there in Haiti. We had uh, some of the Santahinis over there in Ghana. We had a John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And you look at Washington today and there's no replacement for him. These people only happen every now and then. And that's interesting. You had a young white man and a young black man who tried to make the kind of changes that this country needs. And they were both eliminated. Then you had the man of peace was eliminated. So that tells you that the people who run this show don't plan on making any changes anyway. Do you think there's a connection between those assassinations and the people who run this show, as you say? Absolutely. Do you regret your years with Malcolm? Not a single day. Not one second. None of the brothers do. It was the best thing ever happened to us. What was it about him that made you willing to lay down your life for him? Well, for one thing, he was honest. He never lied. If he ever said anything to you, you could, you could bet on it. And he was sincere in what he was trying to do. And, uh... Uh... I guess I really never thought about things like that. We didn't take time out to think about things like that. We had something to do, so we did it. With just a few of us, Luke, mother, myself, Brother John, Brother Ivory. So when you talk about those days, oh. it was a chance to really be somebody. This country doesn't allow black males to mature. It allows them to grow up physically, but not to mature mentally, intellectually, and spiritually. And Malcolm gave black men that chance in this country. Gil Noble was a 
was and still is on YouTube, some of his programs, and I'll tell you, he's one of a kind, just like Malcolm X was one of a kind. Well, that's the video, and where did we stop with the art, with the text? It's always sobering to hear that. I've heard it, but every time I hear it, it's almost like uh, the first time. Many of the popular television programs like Soul Train and popular movies Diana Ross and Billy D. Williams and Mahogany and so many other features are in this uh, in this article. The National Museum of African American history and culture, Smithsonian Museum. It's located at 1400 Constitution Avenue in Northwest Washington, D.C. 20560. was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, thank you for listening.